Well, welcome everybody. Such a joy to be here with you today. Thanks for joining us. And I don't know if you've had this experience recently. I had it this week. Literally every day, I drop my phone. It's just like a daily occurrence. Usually I'm sitting or something, it'll just fall out of the seat, but I'm always dropping my phone. And so this week, I dropped my phone from pretty high up. Like it just slipped out of my hand. I don't know what's going on with me. And it goes all the way to the ground and it lands. And usually when that happens, I have this sort of panic moment where I just think, oh my goodness, did my screen break? How many of you at home, how many of you watching online have had a moment where you broke your screen, right? We all know what this is like. And then you got to live with it, you know, for an extended period of time. And your screen starts to look like this. Now, thankfully this week when I grabbed my phone, I did not break my screen, but I've broken several screens over the years. And... Um, some teenagers, they just, they, they live with this, but adults also kind of live with this as well. Um, and so what do you do? Like when you use your thumb on the screen, sometimes it kind of it kind of feels like it's cutting your finger. I don't know about you, but it sort of can feel like um, fingernails going down a chalkboard. I know I just wig somebody out at home right now. Just thinking about that sound. That's what it can feel like when you're trying to put your thumb over broken glass. And so I always get like a screen protector that goes over the top so that way you have smooth operation even if everything's kind of all cracked up on the surface. And then, you know, I, I invest in better cases because it's a case that can help you basically protect your phone. And they make all kinds of cases now, phone cases. They make tough cases, waterproof cases. They even make, check it out, bulletproof cases, or so they say. And um, I mean, the whole idea is we need protection so that we don't crack up when it comes to our phone. And friends, I think the same is true when it comes to our lives. Uh, I had a friend of mine say to me this week, he said, Judd, I just feel like I'm, I'm cracking up. He's under incredible pressure. His marriage is under strain. His business is, is struggling. He's not sure when he's going to be able to really fully go again. He's like, I just feel like I'm, I'm cracking up under all the pressure. I had a friend on social media just say today, that she said, um, I just randomly broke down crying for no apparent reason. And then she said, is anybody else on my level? And people started chiming in, absolutely. We're kind of at that place. We're a couple months in, we're tired, we're weary, and we're struggling because we don't know when this thing's gonna end. We don't know what it's gonna look like in the future. We don't know how much longer we can keep going. We are in a battle, friends. Make no mistake about it. We're in a battle, and the most intense part of the battle we're facing is the battle of our minds. Like, what do we do right now with the, with the mental struggle that we're up against? We're tired. We're emotionally worn out, we're spiritually worn out, and we need an infusion of strength. And so I want to talk to you today and over the next several weeks about how we can protect ourselves spiritually and emotionally by putting on the armor of God. And it's way better than a phone case. And it will keep us from cracking up. It will empower us to stay strong to stay strong, and strength is something that we all need in our hearts and in our lives right now. You know, I've said to over a thousand people over the last uh, two months individually, um, we need to stay strong. 
You just gotta stay strong. When I serve at the food pantries and I'm putting food in cars, I always, um, when I'm done, I'll, I'll say to the individuals driving, I'll say two things, God bless you and stay strong, stay strong. I've even started signing my letters and my emails over the last couple of months, hey, stay strong. So when we started thinking about what are we gonna talk about over these next coming weeks that can be really helpful for people for where they're at in their life, I just came back to that core message, stay strong. And the way we stay strong is we put on the full armor of God in our lives so that we're protected, so that we don't crack up under the pressure that we all feel and face in our lives right now. In fact, um, it's been such a, uh, an interesting year, such a crazy year. I saw this meme that I thought was pretty funny. It's, um, it's from the movie Back to the Future, and it's Doc talking to McFly about things he needs to know about time travel and going into the future. And this, is, this wasn't actually a scene from the movies. This is just a funny meme, but I thought it was great. He says to him, hey, rule number one, never set it to 2020. Can I get an amen, somebody? Are we already there right now? Like, what? a year it has been. But even in this kind of year, it is possible to stay strong. Even in this kind of year, it is possible to remember that God is still moving and he's still working. In fact, Ephesians chapter six, beginning in verse 10, the apostle Paul lays out the armor of God and how we can protect ourselves in our lives. And here's what he says. When we get to the red word, I'm gonna ask you at home or wherever you're at to just yell this out real loud. Let everybody know you're into it. You're watching, you're dialed in. But here's what it says. A final word, be what? Strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord. Stay strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then he's going to go on and he's going to give us a breakdown of God's armor and how we can wear it in our lives. And so over the next four weeks, we're gonna talk about four simple practices that we can engage in in our lives to help us stay strong. And uh, here they are, we'll bring them up on the screen. The first is simply this, to stand on the truth. And we're gonna talk about that today, to stand on the truth. And then next week, we're gonna talk about how we, we should believe the best. And that doesn't mean to sort of deny reality, but remember God's best and God's plan and God's word in our hearts and in our lives as we go into the future. The third week, we're gonna talk about keep doing good and the power of doing good and the way it makes a difference in our hearts and lives and attitudes. And the fourth week, we're gonna talk about the power of prayer and how through prayer, God can move and work in our lives and do something powerful. And if we will engage in these four practices over the next several weeks, it will basically keep us strong in the Lord and help us move forward in in God's strength. Now, Ephesians 6 is an amazing section of the Bible. It's, it's at the end of this letter that Paul writes to this church, not about specific issues this church in the city of Ephesus is facing, but he writes instead about how they can really experience a new identity in God. He reminds them who they are and how they can walk in that identity, and then finally how they can stand in it. In fact, Watchman Nee wrote my favorite commentary, if you will, on the book of Ephesians, and it's called Sit walk, stand. And that's a brilliant outline of the whole book of Ephesians. The first uh, three chapters uh, start with sit. 
And in the Bible, you know, the book begins and it says, praise God for all of these amazing spiritual blessings that he pours out for us in our life. Ephesians in the early chapters reminds us that we are saved by the grace of God, that it's about sitting and realizing who you are through Jesus Christ and what he has done for you. You don't have to earn God's love. You don't have to achieve God's love. It's not about how good you are or your last performance. You can just sit and realize God loves me. God forgives me. God created me. God has a purpose for me. God has a plan for me. It goes all the way back to the creation of the foundations of the earth. The way you begin the Christian journey, the faith journey, is you stop and you sit and you realize who you are and all God has done for you. Then you get to Ephesians chapter four and Paul turns a corner and he says this, therefore, in light of all that has happened, all that God has done for you, walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling you've received. So you follow God and you live your life for God out of who God has said you are. First you sit, then you walk. And you walk in his holiness, you walk in his power, you walk in his gifts, you walk in his love. And then we get to Ephesians chapter six and we read, then we stand, we stand firm. Now when you think about it, most of the time if you were to sort of describe a playbook like that, you would say, well first you stand, and then you walk, and then when you're worn out at the end, you sit down, right? But the good news of Jesus reverses the whole order. It says, no, 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 first you sit and remember who you are in Christ. Then you get up and walk in your identity in Christ. And after all of that, you simply stand firm in Christ. And I'm bringing all this to your attention today to say as we over the next several weeks look at the armor of God, it's not about a million things we need to do. It's fundamentally about how we need to stand firm on, in God's truth so we can stand up under life's challenges. We need to stand firm on God's truth so that we can stand up under life's challenges. It's about standing, staying strong, remaining in him. And as we do that, as we put the armor on, as we put that protection on, God's going to show up and work in our hearts and lives. It's going to be awesome. So what do we do? First, you got to put on your armor. You got to put on your armor. You gotta realize that, that you need God moving and working in your life. I remember when I was a kid, um, I uh, always loved to play Superman, act like I was Superman. And we had this uh, uh, wood area in the back uh, yard of our house where we had an old fireplace that, that actually burned real wood, remember those? And so all these wood logs had been chopped down and stacked up um, beside our house and they were about six feet high. I was a little kid and I had my my cape, my Superman cape, I had my Superman shirt on, I had everything, and I climbed up all the way to the top of this, these stack logs. So I'm like six feet high, and it probably went like, like uh, a full 15 yards, you know, that this stack went, because there's a lot of wood. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm gonna fly. I mean, I'm gonna do it. And, and so I started to run down um, the, uh, these logs and, and I started to get ready and I ran right off to the end and I'll never forget it. I really did think if I believed, I could fly, you know. So I did, I, I leaped off those the logs like six feet high, I extended my arms, I was gonna fly like Superman and I can still to this day, all these years later, remember how fast the ground came up and met my face, just bam, you know? And I messed my nose up, I was bleeding, it was trauma and tears and it was the last time I tried to fly. Come on somebody, the last time I tried to do that. But I was thinking about that story because 
Right now in this season, I think God is reminding us of our own limitations. He's reminding us that, hey, we may think we can do it on our own. We may think we can do it in our own strength, in our own power. But fundamentally, the longer you live in that illusion, the faster you are going to hit the ground. (laughs) But the quicker you recognize and realize that God is the real Superman, that God is the one with strength and power, that God can move in our lives and sustain us, the faster you are ready to move forward. So you begin to put on his armor. You begin to put on his strength in your heart and in your life. And Paul's going to break it down for us in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, put on all of God's armor. How much? All, right? See that? All of God's armor. So that you will be able to what? Stand firm. Stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now this is a pretty amazing statement. But Paul's saying, look, we have to stand firm. That's all we have to do. Stand firm against all of these things, against the strategies of the devil, against the fact that we face enemies that are not just flesh and blood, against the authorities of the unseen world. We have to stand firm. Now, as soon as we start reading about evil rulers and the unseen world and evil spirits, I mean, we can, you might get a little bit skeptical. You know, some of you may think, man, what are we talking about? I mean, are we, are we still talking about a guy with, you know, red tights and a pitchfork, Satan, the devil? I mean, can't we grow up and sort of leave that superstition behind us? But listen, the Bible is very clear on this. It says that that on earth, we have an adversary. In fact, in the Greek and in the Hebrew, the words for devil or Satan simply mean adversary and accuser. In fact, sometimes it's it's even translated a a slanderer or a hostile opponent. And the Bible depicts this adversary as a personal being. It's not this sort of impersonal force like, you know, the dark side in Star Wars. So you look at the Bible, Revelation chapter 12, uh, beginning in verse 9, gives us this sort of description about uh, Satan. It says that the great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He's hurled to the earth and his angels with him. And so Satan isn't like God. He's not self-existent. He's not sovereign. He's not all-powerful. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-present. But he is an ultimate liar and a schemer. And it says in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14, listen to this. It says, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Some of you may remember the old song Terry Gibbs did goes, uh, somebody's knocking, should I let him in? You remember this? Lord, it's the devil, would you look at him? I've heard about him, but I never dreamed he'd have blue eyes and blue jeans. (laughs) Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Satan's a created being. There's only one devil, but there are many demons. Over 80 times we see demons in the Bible. In many cases, it is in relation to Jesus in his life and ministry. Jesus often delivered people from the grip of demons. In fact, Revelation chapter 12, beginning in verse 7 and 8, says that when Lucifer fell, he took a host of angels with him. And, And so Paul is telling us all of this stuff that we've read about, not to simply scare us, but to remind us and to make us aware 
her. He's saying, look, this is your real enemy. This is why you need spiritual protection. These spiritual forces love to accuse and to slander. They love to cut you off from God's love and God's peace and God's joy, the joy that comes with your salvation. Look, they try to frustrate your purpose and they try to kill your sense of hope, but there's good news in all of this. They don't stand a chance when you operate out of God's strength. Satan may be called the prince of the world, but you belong to the king of kings. Listen, he lives in you. He loves you. He's given you what you need to resist the devil. A.W. Tozier once said this, the best way to keep the enemy out is to keep Christ in. So we have to put on the armor. Now there's seven parts that are listed in Ephesians chapter six, and they're all sort of forces of spiritual strength that God gives us to be strong in him. The first two are called the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> These are the things that you put on to defeat any lies or temptations that come your way. Uh, the third item Paul will describe in Ephesians 6 is called the shoes of peace. The peace that comes from knowing and sharing the good news that God is for us. Then comes the shield of faith that helps us absorb all of the doubt in us and around us. And then five is the helmet of salvation. And that lets you know that God has bought you with a price and he places a high value on you in your life. Uh, six and seven in the armor of God are offensive weapons. It's the sword of the spirit, which is the Bible, and prayer in the spirit. So these seven pictures, uh, seven items, remind us of the spiritual protection that we can put on. And they're most effective, listen, they're most effective when you put them on before you need them. See, they're, they're meant to help you stand your ground, which means that God has already won the victory in Jesus. It's his battle. He's won the victory. He's large in charge. God is moving and working in your life. And so when temptations come and doubts come and fears come and accusations come that try to stop that work, you defend your position with prayer, with God's word, with faith, with peace, with your eternal salvation, with truth, with the righteousness of God. You resist the devil and he flees and God's work continues. Stand firm in God's truth so that you can stand up under life's challenges. Put on the armor of God. And that means every day when we get up, because we, we, we're in a battle, friends. We are in a battle. We're in a battle emotionally. We're in a battle with doubt. We're in a battle with conflicting messages we see all over the news. We're in a battle with the unknown. We're in a battle with this virus, right? Everybody's talking about wearing gear and wearing masks and putting gloves on. And we've had lots of conversations about personal protective uh, gear and equipment. But there is another kind of protection we need in this battle, spiritual protection. So when you get up in the morning, you got to remind, am I putting on the armor of God today? Am I wearing his goodness, his truth? Am I standing in his righteousness? And today we're going to talk about, am I standing on his truth? you got to start every day putting on the armor. So stand on God's truth. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6, and let's check out what Paul says. Help me out on the red word here. Ephesians 6, 13, he says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Now, you notice this? We'll so after the battle, look, a day will come when this battle we're facing is finally over. Battles don't last forever, even if it feels like it does. A day will come, I don't know when, 
when eventually this battle will be over. And he says, you will still be standing firm. You put the armor on, you'll stand through the battle and to the end of the battle. Stand your ground, he says. Putting on the belt of what? Truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Um, you know, when it comes to, to armor, Paul begins to describe things that would uh, have been understood in his original audience to refer to like Roman centurions, these uh, amazing soldiers and fighters and the armor that they would put on. And one important part of that armor is the belt. You know, the belt kind of held some things together, and I'm not just talking about the midsection, right? You know, like, I've been trying to do a little strength training uh, recently in the last few years and, and working with old school, like barbells and, and those kinds of things. And I've even tried to do some of that during um, the last couple months, but man, it's been hit and miss. I don't know if you've had this experience, but I, I keep thinking, like, I, I gotta work out. I gotta, so I get up early, and I've actually got, like, a barbell set. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna do some squats or whatever. And, man, the first day I did it, I was so sore after that. I remember I could barely lift boxes in the food pantry lines to get them in the back of cars. And I was like, it's okay. I'm gonna hit it again. And, and uh, to be honest with you, it's just been really hit and miss, and uh, it's been a solid month since I've done any working out. But, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get on it. But here's what, I, here's what I've learned in the last few years doing some strength training, and that is that a belt can be very helpful and very important. Not only does a belt um, uh, give you a sense of support and protection, but a belt actually allows you to be able to lift a little bit more. Like if you're squatting, there's a certain bounce you get with a big belt. Now you gotta wear it the right way. You gotta have it really tight. You gotta have it kind of positioned right. And then it can, it can actually help you lift a little more, stay strong in the moment. That's what a great belt does. In fact, I thought I'd just show you my belt and take a little picture. And you know, this is, um, this is kind of just, you know, I don't always you know, do give you a, a look like this with my shirt off, but you know, anyway, there you go. So, um, I mean, I know you see me with my jacket on up here a lot, so you don't kind of realize this is going on beneath the surface, but in case, in case you wondered, there it is. But anyway, check the belt out. There it is, just kind of, you know, holding it all together. Well, when it comes to the faith journey, I got to believe somebody at home giggled at that, right? Come on. Uh, when it comes to the faith journey in our lives, we have a belt. It's not a weightlifter's belt, but it is the belt of truth. And we're supposed to put the belt of truth on. And that belt of truth reminds us who God is. It reminds us of what his word says. It reminds us the importance that we stand on truth so that we can stand up under life's challenges. Back, check this out. Uh, I've got a little slide here that talks about truth. You know, there's a couple kinds of truths that we face in our lives. There's what we might call capital T truth, which is God's truth. Who is God? What God does? What you are, who you are in him. Capital T truth is really biblical truth for our lives. But then there's what we might call little t truth, you know, which is sort of just like how things are, the current situation, uh, what we may be up against or facing sort of right now in our life or in our culture. And, um, you know, both, both could be true. Now, little t truths, I mean, they, 
like for right now, there may be things that we know are true about the coronavirus that we learned six months from now wasn't quite true like we thought it was. We don't know. We're going to learn a lot of things. Little t truths uh, are important. They're a key part of life. But we got to be careful not to let the little t through t truths of how things are now get so big in our hearts and lives that they overshadow the capital T truths of who God is and what he's done and what he is doing in our lives. God is a God of truth, and he is moving and working. We gotta remember his word and his truth and stand on it. It's like a playlist. Um, I don't know uh, if you uh, listen to a lot of playlists, but my, uh, my kids, they love their playlists. My family, we all have different playlists. And so sometimes when we all get in the car, it can become a little bit of a tug of war over who's gonna control the music and who gets to play the playlist, right? And, and um, I've learned to surrender because that's what wisdom teaches you along with a teenager. But I was in the car with uh, Emma and uh, man, she pulled this playlist up, and, and, and it, was, it, was, it was amazing. You know, I, I'm like jamming along to these songs. Look at this playlist. Um, you know, it's Emma's, and it says Jack and Diane. Remember that song, uh, Jack and Diane? And then little Marvin Gaye on this playlist. Ain't no mountain high enough. I won't sing it because I'll ruin it. And then a little REM, Losing My Religion, uh, although I want to find my religion, REM. And then uh, Jackson 5, I Want You Back. This is just the playlist, right? And then uh, Sunglasses at Night, Corey, Corey Hart. Remember this? Like, uh, you know, I I wear my sunglasses at night. I told you I wasn't going to sing. That's just what I do, y'all. Anyway, I'm listening to this playlist. It's amazing. I'm loving it. I'm like, man, this playlist is great. You know, these songs are great. I'm like, kid, you got class. You got, you got skill. You know how to pick the right songs. And there's like five hours of music on this playlist. And I finally said like, well, what's this playlist called? Because I'm like, I want to go back to it because she's got all these different playlists. And she goes, oh, this playlist is called, bring it up, oldies. I'm like, you Get out of the car. Get out of the Honda. Oldies, what are you talking about? How did I become the guy that loves the oldies playlist, y'all? How did Bono of you 2 get to be 60 years old? What is happening in the way? You know, it's amazing, right? So I've had a great laugh about that. I'm like, I, yeah, give me the oldies. Give me the oldies playlist, right? But you know, we all have these playlists that are on repeat in our heads. And our thoughts, they play over and over, and uh, many of them are not true. In fact, they might be lies. And listen, a lie that goes unchallenged can become a truth that you live by. Let me say that again. A lie that goes unchallenged can become a truth that you now live by. It can become a limiting thought that holds you down. And these thoughts can play over and over. They can shape the way you see your life. They can ruin your joy. They can tank your attitude. They can make you miserable. But listen, as a Christ follower, you need to challenge these lies with the truth. Look, you need to fire up a playlist that is God's truth in your head. And you got to stand on that truth. In fact, I want you to just think about some lies that we often believe, and then I want you to consider God's truth over here. First lie is this, I'm all alone. Some of you right now, in the struggle, in the weariness, in the fatigue, in the tension you're facing with your family, you feel like you're all alone. You feel like you are in this on your own. But I want you to know that is a lie from the pit of hell itself. You are not alone. In fact, God's truth tells us this. God says, I will never abandon you. He will never abandon you. Another lie, well, a lot of us are tempted to believe everything is ruined. 
It's all over. There's nowhere to go. But listen, God's truth is this, that he can do more than you can think or imagine in your life. He isn't finished moving and working. Another lie we believe is it will never work out. But listen, God's truth comes along, and God himself asks in his word, is anything too hard for me? Another lie is no one has a plan. <laughs> you may feel that way watching the news, right? But God's truth, he comes along and says, I know the plans that I have for you. He knows his plans. Listen, you, you may feel like I don't matter in this season, but God's truth reminds you he made you on purpose and for a purpose in your life. Look at this, another lie we believe, no one is looking out for me, but God comes along, his truth reminds us, I am fighting for you. We may think no one cares about me, but God's truth reminds us, nothing can separate you from my love. We may feel like no one listens to me, but God's truth reminds us, I hear your prayers and I know what you need. Maybe we feel like it's all over, but then God's truth, I am already doing a new thing. We're all facing the push and pull in our lives of these lies with God's word, but we gotta let God's word, we gotta stand on his word in these moments. Maybe even another lie you believe is, is I won't ever change, right? Maybe right now things have been tense at home, tense in a marriage, tense with family. You think they're never gonna change, but God comes along and says, I'm, I'm gonna complete the work that I began in you. He isn't finished. Maybe you think I don't have the strength to go on. God's truth says I will be your strength. Maybe you feel like the worst is on the way. Uh, look, but God's truth reminds us the best is yet to come, which doesn't mean we won't face some difficult things, maybe even tougher things in the short term. But listen, God's word ultimately reminds us he's gonna see us through, he's not finished, and in this life or the next, he has a plan and a purpose, he will see to fruition, and the best is still to come. The best is still to come. See, the Bible says a lot about the capital T truth that we need in our lives. In fact, it says that God himself is truth, that he desires truth, that he defends truth, that he reveals truth, that he sends us his light and his truth in our lives, and that he can lead us by the truth so that we can live according to his truth. Listen, he judges nations with the truth. That's what the Bible says. He's close to those who call on him in truth, and in him unfailing love and truth have met and come together. Listen, the Bible says that a truthful witness witness saves lives, that a wise person seeks the truth and gets it and does not sell it, that a good king rules with mercy and truth while stubborn people are deaf to the truth. Look, the, the stubborn people distort the truth to gain a following or to suppress truth or due to wickedness in their life. In fact, Jesus himself uses this phrase more than 30 times. He says, I tell you the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he promised to send the spirit of truth to guide us into all truth in our lives. The apostles in the, in the New Testament declared that the good news of Jesus is truth. And believing in Christ removes the veil that keeps you from understanding the truth. It says love rejoices when the truth wins out. It says the truth is spoken in love. It says the truth makes us holy. The truth is how you stand your ground. We're to guard the truth. We're to teach the truth. We're to pass on the truth because the truth makes your faith strong and gives your life godly power. Listen, we must not turn away from the truth. We've got to listen carefully and stand firm in the truth and practice the truth and obey the truth and live in the truth. The truth doesn't change. I'm talking about capital T truth, God's truth. That truth, it lives within us and it will be with us forever. And you and I, we can know the truth today.
Because Jesus is the truth and the truth will set you free. Look, I know we have a lot of questions and a lot of concerns about what is coming in the next weeks and months. But what we need more than anything right now is to simply stay strong. And God has given us these practices to connect us to his strength. He's reminded us we can stand on his truth. And we got to confront those little T truths with God's big T truth. We can believe the best in this season. We're going to talk about that next week. We can keep doing good even when we're weary and tired. And we can keep praying for power. And in doing this, we will stand firm. The way you win the battle is not by going out and taking it all on your shoulders. First you sit and remember who God created you to be. Then you walk worthy of the calling that he's given you. And finally, you stand. You stand firm. And listen, you stand on God's truth so that you can stand up under life's challenges. You remember who he says you are and you hold on to his word in your life today. Maybe some of you are at a place in your life where you've yet to cross that line of faith. And I wanna give you the opportunity right now. Listen, if you have yet to become a follower of Jesus, what are you waiting for? I mean, what's worse than a pandemic? What's it gonna take to move you to a place of realizing you can't do it in your own strength and power and you need a greater spiritual resource that's available to you and God is available to you? He loves you. He'll do a miracle in your life if you'll reach out to him. You can begin to put that spiritual armor on every day. You can walk in his truth. You can stand on his truth, and it will fill you with courage and power and strength. And so if you've got to cross the line of faith, I'd love to give you an opportunity just to reach out to Jesus Christ in your life and ask him to move and work and really do a work that only he can do in your life. Would all of you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if you're ready to become a follower of Jesus, you can begin that journey by just repeating a simple prayer after me, either out loud or just in your own heart and in in your mind. Just say, dear God, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life help me face the challenges that I'm up against. God, I surrender my life to you in Christ's name. Friends, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's your prayer today, I want to ask you wherever you're at to just slip your hand in the air. Just acknowledge that you're going to follow God in your life today, that you're reaching out to him. Just slip your hand in the God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for each person reaching out to you today. And I pray you will show up and you will move and work in their lives as they follow you. We ask for your strength. We thank you for your truth. Help us stand in it with all that we are. In Christ's name, amen. Well, listen, if you made a spiritual commitment in your life, I want you to know I am celebrating with you. We're also excited for you. And we would love to provide some resources for you. Uh, we've created some incredible resources, including a free uh, journal we'd love to give you called How to Follow Jesus. And so uh, I just want to encourage you to go to our app at, or, or just go to central.family and click on the link. I've decided to follow Jesus. We'd love to get in touch with you. Also tune in to our hosts now as they talk through some next steps for you in your life. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. 
God bless.